am Bex Dillon and welcome to this podcast, Conversations on Faith Inequality. I was thinking that I hadn't really given the podcast as much attention recently. I've um, trained as a mediator, I've been working as a mediator and also doing some coaching of teams with Will James, who's this brilliant coach. And um, he always says that you can't just have action, you also need time to reflect. So I thought, actually, it's three years ago I started this podcast and I wanted to kind of go back and reflect on what's happened on this kind of journey because I feel like I've learned loads in the last three years from talking to different people and hopefully if you've been listening to lots of the podcasts too, you'll feel like you've come on this journey with me and if this is the first podcast that you're listening to, please go back and listen to some. There are some brilliant ones on race, on gender, on domestic violence, on eating disorders, on other kind of food, waste, impact on the planet, so many different things to talk about. But I thought, let's just like stop and think what's happened, what's changed in the last three years, what are the conversations that have really changed my perspective and hopefully all of our perspectives on some of these things. So I hope you enjoy listening to it and I hope that you have felt challenged and encouraged by some of these conversations that we've had over the last three years. So I recently listened back to my first ever podcast, hearing why I started this. And it's been nearly three years that this podcast has been going. And I just was struck by how much has changed and how much has of the inequalities that exist in our society have been brought actually more into the limelight in the last three years. And in the first podcast, the thing that I found interesting was I talk about one of the things that drove me to it was that I wanted to expose some of these inequalities and sometimes the only way to really understand it is to either experience it yourself, experience some way that you are excluded or treated differently based on some reason that you probably have no control over. And one of the things that had really impacted me was this book, The Power, which is a sci-fi book and I actually don't really like sci-fi but the book is is really brilliant because suddenly women have this physical strength that enables them to overpower men and because they have this physical strength to overpower men there's suddenly a shift and when men see groups of women in the street who are sort of catcalling and experience that for many women is quite a normal experience to see a group of men if some of them start sort of shouting something at you you kind of cross over the road feel scared intimidated and try and get away as quickly as possible but in this it talks about because of this physical power how it would feel for the men when they see these groups of women sort of shouting all these things to them and the men being absolutely petrified and actually that was a way for me to try and explain to Miles what it might be like for him to understand how things have been for me as a woman getting public transport, living in London, you know, living in in Delhi, which sometimes is described as sort of the rape capital, getting local buses and men rubbing themselves up against me. And those things of me just sort of thinking, oh, that's just how it is for me as a woman. It's not how it is for you as a man, but it's how it is for me. 
And then in the last three years, I thought, actually, we've had Sarah Everard's, like, terrible killing. And it, again, like, brought it to attention that a lot of the time, women are know that, that, that there's a fear walking home at night, know that they have to have their keys in their hand, like, cross the road, be careful, have, be on the phone to someone, so constantly talking to someone in case something happens. These sort of things have been part of our normal existence and suddenly with Sarah Everard there's actually an outrage because it's this sort of feeling of it's not okay that that's how things are it's not okay that that's women's experiences it's not okay that that happened to her it's not okay that that was a policeman who did it as well and I think the same thing when with having the podcast of listening to different people I've been so impacted by their stories you know, talking to Carl Locko about growing up in a gang and the sort of lack of other options that he felt were available, but then things like really changing him, meeting this amazing woman, his sort of connection with faith that drove him away from that, and then being in this world where he's now friends with the Brentsons, he's at these kind of celeb balls and events, and people saying to him, are there other people like you? Like, do people exist <laughs> like him and him saying there are so many it's just that there's not opportunities two years ago in the summer George Floyd was killed and there was this like huge surge of reaction and response with Black Lives Matter and some of it felt very real and raw and painful some of it felt like it was just a kind of we have to do something, so let's do a black screen on social media and that will kind of count. But I think the same with with Sarah Everard, with George Floyd, it's not that one moment, which although that one moment is a terrible injustice, it's like realising that it's people's stories, that they've experienced these everyday moments of Gooby, who had, she talked about being... A, um, she's a doctor, she's a consultant. You know, she actually was running the entire obstetrics and gynaecology department at Chelsea and Westminster. But she talks about how she would wear pearls because it just gave a little signal that maybe she wasn't there to clean the beds, which is what she sometimes was asked to do, even though she was the one who was coming in to do the surgery. So it's these kind of things that people are experiencing where they've been, you know, she said she's been told, could you go and change the beds in that room? And she's like, I could, but actually she's running the whole thing and she's the one who's come in to do, like, the most important medical bit. And Tyson, like, hearing how he talked, someone said it's one of the most challenging podcasts they'd heard because he is so honest and real about some of the racism that exists, about having... You know, even talks about his girlfriend realizing that she'd Googled Tyson Douglas prison. And this sort of, it's these everyday, some of them in some ways aren't kind of huge injustices, but when you build that up and that's people's everyday life experience, you see that when Sarah Everard's killed, you see why women like swarm onto the streets kind of protesting why does this happen and you see why there's, there's such a huge response with Black Lives Matter and George Floyd was killed because of the history because of people's real life experiences and what I've really loved with doing this podcast is 
just talking to people and knowing a bit more about their life, about their experience, about Karina, who is Romanian and, you know, this super powerhouse woman who's so successful, but sometimes people only asking her husband what he does when he has to explain, actually, Karina is the one who's the real breadwinner of the family and how she's felt people talk about Eastern Europeans. And I wonder if that, you know, that probably has shifted again with, you know, since then we've had the war in Ukraine and people's response to Ukrainians feels very different to what it was. I've really been amazed by how people have responded. It's felt like people really care about what's happening in Ukraine and they want to welcome Ukrainians into the UK. And although we had kind of the end of the occupation in Afghanistan and there was a definite moment of reaction like that, it feels like the government somehow didn't really do what they were saying they were going to do. And the flow of refugees from Afghanistan doesn't seem to have happened in the way that it has so much with Ukrainians. But I kept thinking when everything was happening in Ukraine and I remember hearing on a podcast someone talk about how in Italy there'd been this like beautiful scene of Ukrainian coming into a school and all the children like welcoming that child. And I thought that is such a beautiful image and my kids have got Ukrainian family in their school and what would want that to be the image. But I also couldn't help thinking how when I lived in Italy... I shared a room with a girl from the Ukraine and she was a really good friend of mine. And I spent most of my time initially with her because we shared a room and we lived in a tiny flat with one other girl and we really were all kind of crammed in together. So you get to know each other really well. And she became such a good friend. And I spent so much time talking with her that some of my Italian friends said that actually I developed a Ukrainian accent with my Italian. I needed to work on that. But then one of my friends, he took me aside and he said, I need to tell you something. I really don't think you should be hanging out with your roommate anymore. I said, oh, like, why do you know something that I don't? I mean, I knew he didn't really know her, so I couldn't imagine that he had some information on her that I didn't. But I thought, you know, you never know. Like, you know, what? what's the reason for that? And he said, well, she's like from the Ukraine. Yeah, and? He was like, well, yeah, you just shouldn't really spend time with her. And that was it. There was nothing to do with her character, to do with who she was. He didn't even know her, but it didn't look good from his perspective to be spending time with someone from the Ukraine. And I was really shocked by the racism, really, towards her. And I knew that, that she did experience a real struggle and actually she's an amazing fashion designer and has done so well because of her hard work and sheer determination. But it did make me think a bit, do we go along with what society tells us the things to care about and the people to like and care about and do we sometimes forget the people that maybe don't hit the press, like what's happened to all of those Syrian Afghanistan refugees do we like care and welcome them in quite the same way and I'm not saying that it's wrong to respond like that to Ukrainian refugees I think that's so right I would hope that we would be like that to everyone that's all I'm saying why do we choose some things but not others
So I think in the last three years, since this podcast started, there has been a lot of things that have impacted the way that society looks at some of these issues, particularly on race. People are much more aware, hopefully, of some of the inequalities and some of the like structural problems in society that do discriminate against people of colour. But I don't think that's really where it ends. It's not just seeing that that's a problem. It's making sure that everyone thinks about how they treat another person, how they treat the people around them, how they treat people that are different to them. And one of the things I've really been thinking in in talking to all of these people is often it's to do with fear. It's to do with our fear about things that we see as important, fear that those things might change, fear of how we're going to be seen when we are, interact with people that are different to us, fear of not knowing what to do or what to say. And even talking to um, Louise Dayton from the Lash community and Alex and his mum Sue talking about autism and you know the difficulties of neurologically divergent children and how they experience life and Sue who's you know a professional in working with children with special needs but also a mother who's raised someone with special needs and she says you know there's the thing is just to not be afraid and to just start talking and Alex her son loves making friends with people and actually there can be a fear of like oh do I have to say things differently how do I how do I communicate but if we like allow that fear to hold us back it creates a further divide so if you haven't listened to the Louise and Alex and the Lash podcast, please listen to that and to his mum, Sue Hopkinson. She's really brilliant. And then some of the other things that we've talked about have been like eating disorders and human trafficking and bonded labour and food waste and domestic violence and how these things impact people and how they affect our society. So please go and listen to some of those, even if they're not things that you think, oh, I don't have an eating disorder, so I'm not going to listen to that. But you might not even realise the people around you who do and be able to be aware of how those people might feel when so much of how we connect with people, hang out with people, is often over food and the difficulty that that might be for someone. One of the other things that um, I've really thought quite a lot about and has, has really impacted me is... I went to see To Kill a Mockingbird, the play, recently in London. The script has been done by Aaron Sorkin, who's done West Wing and lots of other famous plays. So it is really beautifully written and done and performed. And I've always loved To Kill a Mockingbird. But it's one of those books I read and loved but couldn't actually really remember that much about it other than this lawyer Atticus Finch and this kind of unjust trial watching it I found actually very difficult to watch because the cast was predominantly white apart from obviously someone playing Tom Robinson but also the audience was almost entirely white and so in kind of it was in somewhere in the West End in London in this theatre white audience mainly white cast doing this play about 
kind of this black man who has been falsely accused of attacking this white woman. And in the play, it's set in the 1930s, they kept using the N-word. And that just felt very uncomfortable. I'm still not totally sure what it was that felt so uncomfortable about it, whether it was just the use of that word, whether it was about making it about Atticus Finch, who's kind of the saviour, this white saviour, even though he doesn't actually save the situation. And then I kept thinking about Brian Stevenson and his book, Just Mercy, which is set in the same town, but isn't a novel, is true stories of him defending all of these innocent black men. And I realised I'd slightly merged the two books together of what was this Harper Lee story that was written in the 1960s, but set in the 1930s, and what was like the real life stories of what Brian Stevenson talked about in his book of the injustice in the in the court case, in the jury, in the way that black men were just sort of picked up by the police because they needed to have someone to show that they'd done their job, even though it was just an innocent black man that lived around the corner. And then I kept thinking, because in the play there is part of the Ku Klux Klan, thinking this is in the history of America. And when we have the Black Lives Matter protests and the response of George Floyd, we have to remember what has happened in the past. We have to remember the lynching and the innocent people who who were falsely accused of crimes they hadn't committed. But I thought it must be hard when that is in your history, when that's in your family. We were away recently on holiday and the people staying in the place next to us were German and Miles said to them, oh, Bex has got um, German grandparents. And I actually don't normally say that to Germans because I find that after one or two questions it gets a bit uncomfortable. They say, oh, wow, where are your where are your grandparents from? And I say, oh, my, it was my grandfather actually is from Stuttgart. And I don't really want to answer any more questions because the truth is, yes, my grandfather was German, but he was also Jewish and he had to leave the country because he was Jewish and he was one of the fortunate ones to get out. He got his sister out and himself and his parents. And actually I've talked about this more in a podcast with my dad and with my aunt. But the rest of their family anyone who remained was killed and that's that's my family history and the legacy of Germany and Germans have to live with that in their past and a lot of guilt and shame is put on them for that and they have to kind of cope with that but I don't know if any other nations have that same kind of guilt of what has happened in the past but also realization that those actions have implications that's in people's history and it we can't just forget about it like that Jews can't just continue like that there's a lot of pain and grief and reconciliation that is needed and it's easy to think, oh, that was in Germany, or let's talk about America. But that's part of our, our history, too, in the UK, of how we have treated different groups of people and who we've exploited. And the same when we talk about immigration. I think, oh, all these people wanting to come to our country, you know, we have lots of Indians and Pakistani people who come to the UK. 
But a lot of, we, we have to remember that during the war, the Indian army fought with the British army and helped us to win the Second World War. We have to remember that the British went over to India, took the salt out of the sea, took the cotton out of the land, took so many resources to the UK to use for our own economy to grow. And so in kind of the history, we have exploited a lot of other nations. We've also asked these people to help us to build our own country and economy. And then when they come here, people almost forget that that's we've got here because of them. We've got here because of other nations and other people who have helped to build to the place that we've got to. So obviously, they're going to come here. They thought that they were going to come here and be welcomed, which is what they should be. And yet, that sort of history is forgotten when we talk about immigration. It's so important to understand history. I remember when I was little and someone said to me, oh, history is so important. I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll say yeah, because that sounds really clever, but I actually have no idea why that would that could possibly be important. And now I think when I read people's stories or I listen to people talking about their childhood or their parents' childhood and the racism that their parents experienced or their grandparents experienced or that they experienced years ago, you think it's the build-up of these things of the Windrush generation being told, come to the UK for all these opportunities that we're going to give you. You're going to help build our economy. It's going to be great for you. It's going to be great for your family. It's going to be all these opportunities. And then they came here and experienced such racism and didn't feel at all welcomed and given opportunities. It's hard to find places to rent, hard to find places to work. And then not just difficulty in experience enough, but also then actually people kind of against them, discriminating against people and Britain needed other people to join the army to come and help build the economy and so they were offering this great opportunity and yet when people came to the country that wasn't their experience. One of the things that I have really loved in doing this podcast the last few years is hearing people's stories because that's part of saying is you know you understand the history but it's also these individuals telling their stories of what they've gone through what they've experienced how they've been treated where they've been discriminated against or treated differently and when you hear somebody tell you that story it has such a strong impact and I think I've kind of realized I have this slightly maybe it's naive belief but that if we are able to overcome fear if we're able to overcome misunderstanding and actually hear people talk about their life, their experience, why they might act in a certain way, why they, why they might need different things to other people, why certain things might be particularly offensive to them. And when we hear it and understand it and see what people's lives have been like, then it, it sort of forces us to think about our how we treat other people, where we might misunderstand people or groups of people, where we might need to examine our own unconscious biases or attitudes that we have. In the last year, I've also trained to be a mediator and have been mediating between neighbours that have fallen out. And I have this sort of feeling that if you hear how this conflict is impacting the other person. Part of the fear and misunderstanding is taken away 
because instead of it seeming like a really angry, aggressive neighbour, they realise, oh, this person's actually got a lot of stuff going on, or this person's actually really affected by having a lot of disputes together, and realise, oh, that person's actually got a lot going on in their lives, and it's not just about what's happening with our cars, it's more to do with their struggles that they've got going on in their own lives, and hopefully it draws compassion towards each other, takes away a bit of that fear, takes away a bit of that misunderstanding and enables people to connect and resolve conflict. And that's why I love the role that mediation can have in drawing people together. And this it's sort of the same thing with this podcast. I want to hear people's stories so that people that are different can hear them, understand, feel some compassion, some understanding, take away some of that misunderstanding and find a way to connect with people that are different, to care about people that are different and have different experiences of life. So I hope that if you haven't listened to some of the older podcasts that you'll go back and listen and if there are things that think oh that's not really kind of an area that I'm interested in maybe in hearing about someone's story of living with a disability raising children who are neurologically divergent experiencing racism that actually it might make you more interested in those areas even if you thought that's not an area that you're naturally kind of drawn to because my aim with this podcast is that it would help people to have greater understanding and compassion towards each other.